Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. This is just me again at the top of the podcast asking you to join the Facebook group Creative Psychopaths and uh, share the podcast and review it wherever you can. This week we're having a slightly different format in the show um, and hopefully it'll be better but if it's not please let me know. Um, So yeah, enjoy the episode. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Uh, This week I'm joined by Michael and we're going to talk to him about his horror uh, history. This week we're going to try something a little different. We're going to ask a lot more questions and not spend quite as long on the film. But before that, I'm going to stop being rude and actually say hello. Hello, Michael. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm really Looking forward to trying out this new format with you. You've, you've, you're my experiment here. Um, hopefully it doesn't turn out bad like usually these horror experiments do. <laughs> <laughs> but what we will do is we'll start the questioning now. Um, so the first question I always ask is, what is the first horror movie you can actually remember seeing? So my first horror movie memory... Um, is uh, my family. I grew up in in a small town in Montana and my family went over to my uncle's house to visit. Like back in that day, pre-cell phone, 1980s, you would just go over to someone's house to visit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so we just went over and he had a movie on in the background. And so my whole family were just sitting around in the living room chatting and I'm the the youngest, I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. So I am not really in the conversation. So I am gravitating to what's on the TV. And I have this distinct memory of this uh, tall, pale zombie guy walking out of a doorway and this woman screaming and running toward him and him grabbing her and him taking a huge bite out of her neck. And it's this bright, red, gory blood. And it is uh, frightening and it uh, traumatized me. And from that point forward, I was afraid of the dark. I was like seven, maybe at this point. I was afraid of the dark, couldn't sleep alone. Uh, I was a scaredy cat. Uh, That movie traumatized me. And it wasn't until years later that I discovered what that movie was. Um, and uh, And that is the original Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and I discovered that when my friends and I just rented a bunch of movies randomly one night and, you know, at two in the morning watching this movie, seeing that scene again for the first time since I was a kid, be like, this is the movie. <laughs> this is the movie that traumatized me. <laughs> I remember that the movie that traumatized me was Poltergeist. Um, ah, that's, yeah. That was my first dip into the toe. I dipped my toe into horror. Well, I didn't mean to. My sister put that movie on and and she knew full well I shouldn't be watching that. Um, (laughs) But Dawn of the Dead actually is, I didn't really get into horror until Scream came out. Um, 
but Dawn of the Dead was one I watched with my friends um, quite a lot because, I mean, obviously as a younger person, it's quite scary, but when you get a bit older, it's actually quite an amusing movie. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of parts of it that yeah. are pretty funny. There are some great bits. I love the bit in that film where they sort of realise that they can just run past them, and they do. They just keep running past them, and they, they all tend to just smack him in the side of the head. <laughs> Yeah, the, and the pie fight, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah, that kind of um, looking at zombies in a way that's not just dread, but the the social commentary, like zombie as social commentary, yeah, is really like at the forefront in the original Dawn of the Dead. It's a good movie. Um, so when did you actually become a horror fan? Because obviously that turned you off it slightly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was uh, like I mentioned. Uh, renting movies with my friends in high school we would almost every weekend we would go over to some friend's house and from like eight o'clock until six in the morning we would um we'd rent like like 10 movies as a there was a video rental place that was literally 49 cent rentals right so we just spend five bucks and you get 10 movies and we just grab anything if if we even if we had any idea what it was about if we thought there might be boobs in it uh, (laughs) if like if we had heard of it but had never seen it we would just rent tons of movies and yeah and that was we rented dawn of the dead based on being vaguely aware that it was a zombie movie um and yeah man so many movies i saw in like and basically these mini movie marathons when i was 15 and 16 i love that idea that dawn of the dead put you off it and brought you back in as well <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> what a link <laughs> right we're gonna start in with some of the newer questions so what is the scariest horror movie for you obviously i will say for me because it's the one that actually that scared me the most like as an adult not as a child um and it's a controversial one because a lot of people poo poo and hate this movie now yeah. but if you saw it opening weekend and you didn't have any idea going in what you were expecting to see mm-hmm. the Blair Witch Project oh yeah no I agree the first Blair Witch Project I saw it opening night like in uh in the town uh like Friday night and I knew it wasn't real I did not believe it was a real found right, yeah. film I, I knew it was a movie but man like you got caught up in it and that last image of the guy standing in the corner and the camera cutting out that freaked me out and I could not sleep that night. I like, I was paranoid and afraid and that movie scared me like no other. So for me, putting myself back in that mental headspace, the first time I saw it, the first Blair Witch Project. Well, I can say, I don't agree with you in terms of it wouldn't be my scariest movie, but it is up there with ones that rank in that, in there and such an iconic ending. That's yeah. Um, the only thing that movie's got to blame is I think it did start, I think, a bit of a trend of having movies end in in a sort of such a downbeat way. Um, yes. Unresolved. Yeah. The It really did usher in the era of unresolved horror. Yeah. But it's not the worst thing. So, no. uh, again, getting into the new questions, what is a best kill that you can think of? My, my favorite, what I think is the best kill is from uh, Zombie, the Italian uh, unofficial yep, yep. Uh, Dawn of the Dead sequel. The wood splinter in the eye kill, 
Uh, I am someone who has an issue with eye stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you do anything to eyes, that automatically gets me. And that scene is done so well. It's one of those scenes that I cringe. I, I cannot look at the screen. Like, like the moment that Splinter starts getting too close to her eye, I have to look away. I still, to this day, have to look away. That is, I think, the best kill in a, in a horror movie. Oh, it made me shudder just thinking about it. Yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody likes eyes. So, standout effects in a horror movie. Uh, I, I don't know why I went to this one, but um, it kind of is on theme with uh, what we're going to talk about. But the effects in From Dusk Till Dawn, um, which uh, I don't know if Tom Savini did the. I, I assume Tom Savini did the effects for From Dusk Till Dawn. He's also in the movie. Yeah. But I really love the the gross, wet vampire look uh in that movie that is a great movie that's a great choice as well those effects are brilliant and well i guess it's the nature of the film but the effects sort of come out of nowhere as well which is good um and that's why it stands out uh right um so my friend brie wrote this one um it's a movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to stop making sequels so i guess you can either have one or both <laughs> I've got an answer for okay. both. Um, I recently just talked about this one on the Progressively Horrified podcast, but um, Better Watch Out, which is from just a couple years ago. It's a Christmas, yep, yep, I've seen that uh, one. like uh, evil kid movie. It, it ends with a perfect setup for a sequel, and it's one that I actually really actively um, want there to be a sequel to. Um, same with um, the Summer of '84. I think that's what it's called. Uh, I think that was on Shutter. It's yes. it's kind of in the Stranger Things category of young kids in peril, but that movie, um, I is it's another movie where at the end I actively wanted a sequel, like do a sequel called like Summer or like Winter of '93 or something. Yeah, like that. right. Because um, I, I the no spoilers, but the way it ends, it absolutely leaves it open for a sequel and a sequel that makes sense. Right. Um, that we could pick up years later and see what happens. Um, and for a series that needs to stop making movies, I think this is absolutely not controversial. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Uh, considering yeah. how horrible the new one is, uh, stop making Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, please. Oh, yeah. Um, I, w- I was going to record a bonus episode of this of this show, but I was my, my voice went the other day and I couldn't do it about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Because that's... I had a lot of problems with that film actually while you're here and while I can get it out, get it out of my system. It's actually as a slasher film, it was fine. But as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, it was awful. Yeah, it didn't do literally it did nothing new. No. And it didn't add anything. I mean, they literally just ripped off parts of the the new Halloween franchise yeah. and tried to do like very weak social commentary uh it's bad it is just a bad movie. yeah no it was um like i say i don't think i, I think i didn't in mind the sort of slasher elements some of the kills are good but it just didn't make any sense as a sequel uh so i actually agree with you on that one i'm with you on that one so what is your favorite film franchise then I, I I gotta go with my classic. I am a zombie kid. It's the Romero zombie universe. Ooh. Um, I even like I even like Diary of the Dead. It's not great, um, but Night, Dawn, Day, 
land. I love all those four. Uh, Diary is okay. And then the last one was Island of the Dead is not great either. But um, I'm pretty loyal to the Now Living Dead franchise. I think once you're invested in a franchise, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And those are great movies. Um, and like you say, absolute classics. And of course, Dawn of the Dead got a cracking uh, remake. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I really like the yeah. Dawn remake. Yeah. Um, so what is the worst horror movie you've seen? Is it the new Texas Chainsaw? <laughs> Uh, actually, maybe not. The one I went to is this is my go-to worst because I wanted to like it. Uh, and it's actually Zombie 3, the um, Fulci and Bruno Mattei uh, zombie sequel. I think it is the worst. I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, and it's it's definitely the worst horror movie I've ever seen because I hate it. I hate it because it 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 does bad jump scares yeah. Um, yeah. and like jump scares for the sake of jump scares. Like, not, like sometimes like a cat jumping out of a cupboard is a, is a, is a fake out jump scare and that's fine. But literally there's a scene where there's these characters walking around and there's a zombie on top of a flagpole that then drops down on one of the characters. It's like, why was a zombie on top of a flagpole? <laughs> why that doesn't that doesn't even make horror movie sense like there's no there's no reason for it other than to do a jump scare yeah and it's bad and it's a little i bought it used from a video store i watched it and went back to the video store to exchange it for a different movie. oh really that's how much i hated this movie and how bad i thought it was to be honest it sounds amazing <laughs> so I'm, I, I, flag I guess if you're in if you're looking for like a like bad on purpose but that's the thing i don't think it was bad on purpose i think it was bad on laziness that's the worst right so let's go in the other direction and say what is your favorite horror movie and i know it's going to be tricky to pick and pick one and i wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) uh favorite is dawn of the dead oh it's okay it's it's dawn of the dead the the original yeah yeah of course but also like we were just saying i really like this the the remake as well i think uh great cast it's like of course it misses out on any sort of like there's no subtext in that movie but it's fun it's a very fun uh zombie it's definitely missing out on the subtext yes right okay um so that is the first slice of bread in this here horror sandwich um because now we are going to talk about the movie that you've chosen which is uh the remake of night of the living dead which I've got two dates for, for some reason, because it's I've got 1990 and 1993. And I think that maybe we didn't get it in the UK until the 1993. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's definitely 1990 for the US. Yeah, because I had trouble finding it at first when you said to me, um, and that must be the reason. So, like I said, this is a remake of George A. A. Romero's 1968 film of the same name um but this time it's directed by horror legend tom savini i've got written by john russo and i know he wrote the original i'm not actually haven't got i, I think you know, it was um, written by him I'm, as well yeah i think they because i think romero and russo both get screenwriting credit yeah. on this because it is such a remake yeah um yeah. um so this film's made for 4.2 million dollars 
and it only box office at $5.8 million. So it didn't do too good. Not too good. Not too good. Uh, but every penny is on the screen of that formula. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll just go through a few of the cast. So we've got Candyman himself, Tony Todd. But I think maybe before Candyman. I think I've got that written down. I think this is like a year or two before yeah, Candyman. Is, yeah. Uh, he plays character Ben. Uh, Pat- Patricia Tallman as Barbara. Tom Towles as Henry Cooper. McKee Anderson as Helen Cooper, William Butler as Tom Bittner, and Katie Finneran as Judy Rose. So that is the um, main part of it. So I'll just do a very, very quick plot summary, which is really that Barbara and her brother are on the way to uh, visit their mother's grave. (laughs) It's a long drive. Um, They get attacked by someone. Um, I haven't written Barbara's brother's name. Is it Jack? No. Yeah, I think that sounds right. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's wrong. <laughs> well, it, well, not enough people listen to complain about it, so I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> he gets attacked. Barbara escapes to a house in the middle of the country. Uh, she meets up with Ben, and from there on, the film plays itself out. For me, this film could have been called Night of the Living Dead. Barbara gets an upgrade. Yes. <laughs> because while we did have a discussion about um, whether I would be able to watch both films, I did watch both films um, back to back today, in fact. Um, oh, wow. Dedication. Well, I've watched the one that we're talking about. I've watched that three times now. Um, and then I thought I'm going to I'm going to go in and watch 1968. So, yeah, I watched it back to back. Um so, yeah, and of course, like I say, in this movie, Barbara gets a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, cl- in classic Night of the Living Dead, Barbara is basically a catatonic for the vast majority of the movie. And in this remake, and I think that's the, the one thing Savini uh, improved upon was giving Barbara something to do and making her actually a dynamic character. Yeah, um, And that actress who I only know from this movie. And I think she was on Babylon five. Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's all I know her from. So in my brain forever, she's Barbara. Yeah. Um, so I was pleased to note that this movie, um, because one of the things I always remember from the 1968 is they're coming to get you, Barbara. Um, and luckily this has got that in, in spades. Yeah. <laughs> you really are afraid of this place. Johnny. Bastard! Jesus, you're weird. Let's just get through this, can we please? Just get it over with. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. For the love of God, Johnny. They're horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. I noted that her brother, for some reason, is poorly acted, or it seems poorly acted. Um, I would say no slight to any of those actors, because and if they're listening, I love your work. Uh, but man, other than Tony Todd and Barbara, uh, and I guess the guy plays Cooper a little bit. Yeah, he's okay. The acting is yeah, uh, it's is uh, very dicey, is. but that fits in the original Night of the Living Dead. Like they, he largely cast people he knew. Yeah. Um, 
and so the acting was was not great in that oh, and, and so i guess is it homage or is it just they had a four million dollar budget <laughs> and it went to effects not to casting and i did notice i did notice that so um but it's pretty good um and of course like i say they get attacked by zombies um there's a great bit where barbara thinks someone is approaching the car that she's escaped to is a normal person then we scan to the back of them and their suits all torn at the back and we get to see touch a zombie ass <laughs> yeah yeah gross uh gross zombie butt and that's that bit is so clever because yeah he looks pretty normal and then you get the cut of his suit is torn up the back like he clearly was in a funeral home yeah. uh but then he's he the the clothes come off of him because it gets caught like in his he's stepping yeah, on his pant right, leg, yeah. so he's kind of inadvertently pulling the clothes off and revealing like autopsy scars yes yeah uh which is horrifying um but man yeah like the uh, the zombie effects are great obviously it's savini yeah um but yeah that, that i like butt zombie i don't know what else to call them uh there's a couple other good noteworthy zombies uh later in the movie yeah i've wrote i wrote the autopsy down as well because i thought that was a really really good touch um so barbara escapes to the house one thing i noticed is they really had trouble getting the doors closed you know in terms of <laughs> in terms of lots of random arms yeah. and legs kind of get caught yeah, in the, the door amount of times that they can't close a door in this film is ridiculous um but uh, you get an early like i say like i said before barbara gets a bit of an upgrade in this and early on barbara takes a turn she beats the hell out of a zombie the bald-headed zombie who i think is a pretty good one too yeah yeah i enjoyed that I enjoy when uh, the character of Ben shows up and the way he tells uh, the stories about how he gets there is really, really compelling. Um, yeah, Ben has uh, seen some stuff already, uh, which is quite a, quite a good contrast when Barbara like was driving in the country yeah. for a few hours. So she's missed it. So he establishes that we're already several yeah. hours into chaos breaking out. Um, some of those things made it inside the diner. Started coming after us. Some good old boy comes chasing them. Mean son of a bitch got some kind of hot shit gun like an M16 or something. He starts shooting well. Bullets tearing up the place. I saw one of those things take 30 hits and keep on coming. The damn thing had to be dead, but it kept on coming. Till it took a hit in the head. That brought it down. The only way to stop him, you gotta, you gotta get him in the head. So like everyone's reaction is like, it's pretty fresh, but Ben has, has been in So it. comparatively um, to the original as well, both Ben's are really good at telling stories. Um, <laughs> what what I like the difference again a big difference that I enjoyed between the two is in the original obviously like you say Barbara's sort of catatonic and he's sort of telling these stories to no one whereas in this in this case Ben's telling the story and you can see Barbara in the background just tooling up she's changing to more practical shoes yeah. <laughs> she's away which again was good um, we find out there's another family there um, like we say the Coopers um, what did I say his name was Henry Cooper. Uh, He's a bit of a yeah, prick. Henry Cooper. 
I like he's he's big city yeah. uh, kind of prick. Like he's clearly like a lawyer or maybe like a real estate guy. I did enjoy um, that he keeps calling them a bunch of yo-yos though. <laughs> bunch of yo-yos yeah. and lame brains. Idiots. You lame brains. They're crazy. They're out of their minds. You bunch of yo-yos. He has some great, uh, great. Up put to downs. that point, I was like, I was thinking, have I heard any swears? Is this? Have we skipped out on the swears? But Ben, I think, pretty much calls him a motherfucker. Not long after that, so yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's not too bad. Um, the other thing I like about this is at one point Barbara is looking out of the window, going, "We we really could just walk right past them." She says what everyone always thinks in a zombie yeah. movie before fast zombies became the norm. It's like. She's like, we can just walk past them. They're so slow. We could just walk right past them. We wouldn't even have to run. We could just walk right past them. We have the guns. If we're careful, we could get away. And like, she's right. And, and Ben like is hesitant. And we're not quite sure why Ben is so hesitant, but it might be because yeah. he saw like, yeah, it looks like yeah, we can walk by one or two of them or three or four of them. But once they once we get into an area where there's like literally, you know, 50 and we're walking down a street, you, you can't just walk past them. They're going to they're going to get you. Um, but Barbara, Barbara's um observation, yeah, I was going to say later on in the late right at the end of the movie, she just walks past them. <laughs> we get Oh, this is an absolutely stupid moment where they go to try and fill up the, they have a truck. Um, yes. Which they, <laughs> yeah, the plot is there's a, they never explain why there's a gas, like a gas yeah. pump on this farm. Um, but there's a gas pump on the farm. So big part of the plot is them searching yeah. for the keys. I think they find the keys and uh, they drive out there and uh, the yokels uh, show that they don't really know how gasoline works. Oh, so he tries to shoot off the lock and of course explodes everything. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. I didn't say actually that um, the Coopers have a daughter in the, um, in the oh, basement yeah. who it turns out has been bitten. I sort of, I think around after the gas, uh, the kid, turns into a zombie and bites her mother. What I did notice, actually, there was a blood splatter um, and it splatters on a trowel, mm-hmm. which is what the original kid killed the mother with. Yeah, it's, that's an interesting yeah. homage to it. Uh, kind of, I guess, Savini backing off on the zombies can use tools because um, that was a, something that I think Romero didn't really yeah. think about. He's like, yeah, of course. Like, we see a zombie use a rock to break a window. We see, you know, the zombie kid uses yeah. the trowel to kill the mom in the original so just homaging it but you know keeping mm-hmm. within the realm of their mindless um, monsters let's see barbara's handy with a rifle as well which is nice <laughs> really handy yeah yeah oh yeah she's got and a handgun yeah. yeah no and truth be told we don't know her backstory uh we know she's got a bad relationship with her dead mom and she's got a weirdo brother she could go to the shooting range every i will say traveling back that um, I really like the idea that the mum got her grave 200 miles away from where they live just, just to be a dick. Yeah. Out of spite. I maybe think I really want to do that. <laughs> so I think not long after that, Barbara escapes. 
Um, she mm, comes across a zombie old woman. I guess an old woman or something. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I don't really understand Barbara's reaction to that particular zombie. The one she kind of pushes around, right? Was that her mom? Like, pushes away, but it cry is crying. I don't. I would. I would assume not because it's the recently dead, and the mom is long in the ground. But maybe she's seeing it as like a mother figure. Oh, and what prompts Barbara to 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 leave is uh, once the zombie kid kills the mom and comes out of the basement. At, th- at that point, uh, Cooper and Ben are about to kill each other anyway. Oh, that's right. But yeah. then, um, because Cooper is 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 a son of a bitch who uh, almost gets everyone in the house killed at at different points <laughs> by his selfishness. Um, but Ben is telling Cooper to kill his zombie kid, and Cooper like doesn't want to do it because you know doesn't want to kill his kid. So Ben does it. Cooper shoots at Ben. Ben shoots at Cooper. They both wound each other, but Cooper goes upstairs yeah, right. um, and Ben is gut shot and Barbara's like, let's go. Like, let's get out of here. And he's like, ah, I'm done for. I can't make it. And so bar- that prompts Barbara to actually finally leave the farmhouse. She does, yes. And it, and, and he's right. Ben is mortally injured because, actually, we'll get back to that bit. What he did say is that Cooper escapes upstairs, but he escapes up to a loft, which is like... That's the best hiding place. That honestly is, because presumably <laughs> if it got really bad, you could make it onto the roof, probably either through a window or literally just breaking through the ceiling. Um, so yeah, the <laughs> I think the attic is probably the safest safest place. What, what's very odd is that um, the character of Tom, he, he knows that house, so I don't know why he doesn't think of that as an idea. <laughs> well, as established, uh, Tom is an idiot who doesn't know yeah, how gasoline oh, yeah. works. He probably also doesn't know how stairs work. Yeah. He's a good lad, though. He's a, he's a good country boy. He's a good lad. Um, so Barbara does get rescued. Um, but my favorite, part- I love, I love the scene where Barbara gets rescued. Because okay, so she like gets shot at, um, and so she ducks into the into the bed of a truck, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, "Hey, hey, hey! I'm alive! I'm alive! Whatever!" And then like these yokels kind of grab her and get really, you know, I spit on your grave toward her. Um, but one dude is like, what in the name of Jupiter's balls are you doing out here? And as a kid, I <laughs> yeah. thought that was the funniest thing. And on the playground, <laughs> I was 11. I would go around saying Jupiter's balls. And I thought it was the best thing. <laughs> Jesus, goddamn holy mother shit. What in the name of Jupiter's balls are you doing out here alone, little lady? Yeah, I must admit, I really thought something was bad was going to happen to um, her. Yeah, because I know because in the original, Ben gets shot, and I thought this something's going to bad bad's going to happen to her, but she doesn't. Um, like I say, she sort of Barbara's up, and they get back to the get back to the house. Like I say, uh, Ben unfortunately did die and is now a zombie. Mm-hmm. Cooper, however, was still alive, but Barbara shoots shoots him, him right in the head. Yeah. And like the and then she and did, the yokels come along and look at it and she, she says another one for the fire. Came back. <laughs> you came back. It's another one for the fire. When you look at that though, um, the they clearly realized that he wasn't dead. 
Yeah, they look at you. You can you can tell you can tell given given that they go. That guy wasn't dead. Eh. Eh. <laughs> he's in a suit. He's not one of us. Yeah, prick. He probably deserves probably it. a lame brain. <laughs> um. So that sort of brings us to the end of this. Now, what I will say is, I enjoyed this film. Um, you brought it to me, and I was initially skeptical because I thought, what? Why do they need to remake this? And the argument is there that they didn't need to remake it. It's not really different enough. Mm-hmm. But, and the difference as well is that watching back, that 1968 film is, is very um, eerie. It's got, you know, the, the, the cameras are set up to sort of make you feel uncomfortable. And it's a different type of film to this, which is more of a traditional zombie film. Yes. Um, so they are you know, chalk and cheese to each other. And the only thing I thought about it, and you might disagree, is that considering it was directed by Tom Zavini, I didn't think, I thought some of the effects could have been a lot better. And that might have been a budget thing. I assume um, this movie does, honestly, no knock to Zavini as a director, but it, it looks cheap. It absolutely looks cheap. It looks <laughs> yeah. like it, looks more like a tv show than a movie um yeah like if you had told me it was a special you know two hour long episode of tales from the dark side i'd say yeah that makes sense looks like a tv show yeah yeah. uh i do there are some good practical effects in it but yeah there's nothing outstanding the closest is like using a really skinny person to to uh be a really emaciated zombie um like other than that yeah there's a there's not a lot of groundbreaking special effects, but there are kind of some fun practical effects. Like, especially if you watch parts of it on like slow-mo, like if you watch the scene where her brother dies um, in slow-mo, it's hilarious because it's so clearly a dummy. Because uh, <laughs> the, the zombie tackles her brother and they fall over and the brother cracks his neck on like the side yeah. of a tombstone. Uh, and yeah. so for that that net cracking shot, it's so clearly a, a, a dummy that bounces. Um, yeah. If it happens fast enough in the movie where you wouldn't necessarily really like clock it as a as, as like a mannequin, but man, slow mo, it's hilarious. Yeah, well, you, no, you 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 right, yeah, and you you. I, I guess even even in normal, you can tell that the way they fall isn't that yeah. how people fall. <laughs> um, I forgot to say actually that. Um, when Barbara is being shot at by the yokels, if it were, her brother is in that Yeah, van. in that truck, yeah. Yeah, he is in the truck. Dead, of course. Shot. Yeah, like I say, remake of Night of the Living Dead. It didn't do too well box office-wise. So, of course, Hollywood learned their lesson and didn't make any, remake any more horror movies, um, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> and let alone did not remake a Night of the Living Dead movie. Um, yeah. Even though I've seen Night of the Living Dead 3D, uh, I refuse to acknowledge that is a movie that exists because it is literally horrible. It is a horrible movie. Not even 3D can no. save that movie. Not it, it's Dead 3D. Not a Living Dead 3D came out in probably like 2007, 2006, 2007, maybe. Um, I saw it in the theater. I was literally the only person in the theater because it was like a nine o'clock <laughs> showing. Um, but I still, I kept my uh, souvenir 3D glasses from it. Um, but it's a movie that they absolutely did not understand what made Night of the Living Dead interesting. Um, and it's just... Oh, right, yeah. It's just bad. 
Right. Well, um, unfortunately, I've backed myself into a corner slightly with a rating system. So I'm literally only offering two, two ratings. So it is gonna, either going to be a creative psychopath or shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go first. I think you, if you chose this, you're probably going to give it a creative oh, psychopath. It's a cre- yeah, I'd say it's a creative psychopath. Uh, be- yeah. Because it's very watchable. I think that's a that's a that's a good metric. It's a very watchable movie. Tony Todd is great. Barbara is great. Cooper is funny. Uh, it's not long. It's nine. It's a little over ninety minutes, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And if if you like zombie movies, definitely watch it because uh, Lord knows there are far worse zombie movies that more people have seen. I I think I'll, I think it really does hold up well. I agree. Uh, I'm going to give it a creative psychopath as well. So far, I haven't given any of them a shit. Um, <laughs> nobody's brought me a really bad one yet, but I guess people aren't going to. Um, <laughs> Challenge accepted. But, but I think I'm going to give it that. But the only thing I will say is, as a remake, it didn't need to be remade. No. Um, but, you know, as a horror fan, unfortunately, we are going to have to suffer through many a remake. Um, and soon I'm sure we'll be getting remakes of remakes. Oh, does that count? Is that a reboot or a recall? I, I've lost all the. I've lost all. The, I, my, uh, my biggest pet peeve is the the movie with the same title that is a sequel. I that like Halloween. I don't understand. Just give give it a subtitle. Give it something so it's not confusing, or that we don't have to remember the year everything came out. So we're like Halloween twenty. 19 or 2018 is different from Halloween 1978. Um, yeah, I already fell into that trap on this because we did Halloween Kills and I couldn't remember when Halloween no. was made. <laughs> so, um, right, that's the end of that. So, that is the filling in this horror sandwich. So, I've got two last questions to ask you. I'm ready. Um, oh, good. So, what is a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you remember? I'm going to go with the uh, kind of weird high-tension short film that's in the middle of Boogie Nights, where Mark Wahlberg and Thomas Jane and, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Curly Hair. Uh, they go to rob the drug dealer, um, played by Alfred Molina, which the historic, it's, inspired by the historic event that led to the wonderland murders in hollywood um that scene where they're like on the couch and uh uh, sister christian is playing and they're like going to rob this guy but the guy's clearly insane and there's the other guy like lighting firecrackers off and it's just is building and building and it's just like this tense tense moment and then it just explodes i think that is like a weird like horror movie in the middle of this kind of depressing comedy um so i'm gonna yeah. go with that that bit in uh in boogie nights the drug heist i wasn't expecting that I mean, those people have gone for stuff from their childhood but mind <laughs> you you were already scared by donald dead so that's true it was all uh, downhill from there <laughs> uh, i must admit, i don't remember that scene i have seen that film mind you i saw it when i was young and i watched it for the wrong reasons so, if you could make any non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? Um, I'm going to go with something like uh, The Goonies. 
like i think you could really Ooh. do something fun with that um like the kids in danger like thing is they are actually in pretty serious danger in most of that movie and that could really yeah. be framed more as a horror because they are being chased by escaped yeah. criminals they are like lost in a cave system like you could do like the descent with the goonies and really like do something like freaking yeah. frightening with that that's a scary movie anyway <laughs> there's so much in that film uh, that the skeleton piano always scared the crap out of me right <laughs> but no yeah right with a little upgrade and maybe uh maybe change sloth to a bad guy yeah uh yeah you've got a, you've definitely got the makings of a horror movie on your hands yeah wow that's a really good answer i love that um right well that brings us to the end so thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me um yeah uh can i plug my website and my podcast yes yeah i was going to ask so Sweet. yeah <laughs> go ahead all go. right so uh my name is michael tanner i am a comic book writer you can uh find me on my website by michael i write a young adult survival horror graphic novel series called junior braves of the apocalypse mm-hmm. which is about kids fighting zombies uh, my dawn of the dead uh trauma led to a comic book writing career um i also currently write a series called orcs in space which is a sci-fi comedy about uh, three idiot orcs from a fantasy planet who steal the most advanced spaceship in the galaxy and go out on adventures i i actually created that with um justin roiland co-creator of rick and morty um and that's a that's a lot of fun um yeah and my podcast i host is called burn after pitching it's a comedy pitching podcast where we have people uh, come on and pitch their ideas for horror movie reboots um uh, ice cream flavors to amusement park rides anything uh, different for the uh, topic um it's called burn after pitching you can find it anywhere podcasts are found wow that is amazing right uh I'm going to have to look up that podcast, but if um, what I'll do for everyone is I'll drop the links in their notes and then everyone can um, have a look at the things that you do and l- listen to that. What sounds like a fantastic podcast. Uh, Not to toot my own horn, but it's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> I tooted it for you. Is that weird? Uh, <laughs> no, you can, you can toot it. Uh, right. Okay. Well, let's, let's, get to the end of this then right um so don't forget to join the facebook group creative psychopath so each um podcast you can comment on the movie that we're doing we didn't do that this week because there wasn't any comments um <laughs> there was one like so i don't know i don't know what you want to do you just gotta build it yeah yeah and if you want to email the podcast, uh, creativepsychopathspod at gmail.com, please email me on there if you'd like to come on a guest. And the last thing to say is bye. Bye. There we go. You bunch of lame brains. <laughs> yeah, yo yo's. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'll have to leave that bit in. <laughs> <laughs>